Welcome in, everybody, to the Bare Knuckle Recovery Podcast, Episode 8. As always, I'm Tommy Streeter, along with Nate Mollering. And today, we have a very special guest that we've been waiting to bring on the podcast for quite a while now. Mm. Um, As you guys can see, we are currently in the Remedy Live studio here in Fort Wayne. And Remedy Live is a lot more than a studio where people come to record podcasts and do videos. And today we've got Clinton Foppa with us. And Clinton is the executive director and co-founder of Remedy Live. So, Clinton, thank you for being here with us today. It's good to finally be with you rather than just like be in the shadows listening and watching you guys be when back you do there your in thing. the dark watching us. As we try That's to right. ignore you while we keep our train <laughs> like, of thought yeah, while you're I, I'm waving my hands. Through, you guys bringing are... people through like we're a, we're a, a zoo sideshow. That's it. I, I do. I Here's my gorillas. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my podcast goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Next time oh, I come geez. through now, I'm going to laugh. That's the problem. Throw a banana at it or something. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good. Oh, okay. That's not where I was expecting that to go, but I like it. It's not good. All right. So, I mean, I had a, you know, a couple questions lined up for you, but I think the best way to start is just tell us, like, we have no idea what is Remedy Life? What do you guys do here? How did it get started? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, man, it's a miracle. Um, and Nate, you know, too well, kind of the start of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't know, Nate's grandmother approached me back in 2006 and asked if I would be willing to help volunteer for something that she was brewing on. Um, I didn't know what Nate was up to at the time. I knew <laughs> Nate and I knew his family. Um, his grandfather was my mentor actually for, yeah. for a lot of years, but I had no idea how much Char was struggling with what Nate was going through and, yeah. and using and, and uh, partying and stuff. And so um, when she asked me, I, I said, yeah, I'd volunteer. I was actually, leading a lot of, um, promoting a lot of concerts in town and the concept that she had, I was selfishly thinking that could help me promote my shows. But then one day in the middle of this meeting, volunteer meeting, she says to the team, like, if Clinton's not going to lead this thing and, and like, come on staff and run it, then I don't know if I want to do it anymore. And that blew me away. In fact, I thought she was joking until I got (laughs) home and I called her. I'm like, what the heck were you talking about? And uh, that's when she offered me the job of, of this entity that had no name yet. Like we didn't mm-hmm. even know we were going to call it, but I, I hummed and hawed about it for a while. I, I was pretty happy working with students in the church and I've um, you know, for me, my faith, my faith journey has been messy. I, I came out of a pretty dysfunctional home. My mom collected husbands I had five dads growing up. And so I was, you know, I was a weekend warrior and did a lot of things I regret. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked being, that weirdo in the church that was mm-hmm. wanting to help kids like me. Cause yeah. not yeah. a lot of kids will darken the door of a church. And, yeah. um, but then when this thing came up to do this with, with, uh, Nate's grandmother, I'm like, let's, let's go for it. And so within, uh, within a couple of uh, months, we knew it was going to be called remedy. And the goal was, is to use technology to start meaningful conversations. And back yeah. in those days, we used the radio paradigm because music is always going to be a great medium. But um, we were probably maybe five, six months into broadcasting through an internet radio signal. We, we had, I don't know, a couple hundred kids that would listen every day. And uh, one kid from, from Fort Wayne chatted in using something called AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'd be a trivia giveaway. What the heck is that? Um, and he said he was dying. And uh, I was on the air that day and I, I thought he was joking, 
but he wasn't. And uh, <clears throat> my assistant found his screen name, his AOL screen name in a giveaway database. He'd won a skillet CD a couple of weeks before. And we dispatched uh, an officer to do a wellness check and they found him dying. And that was wow. 2008. And then everything changed after yeah. that. We got really serious and curious about what would it look like to provide people to just chat with people that were struggling. And back then it was Facebook and everything else. Yeah. But within a year or half, I guess probably a year and a half later, we created our own chat software. And now we're a 24-hour chat entity. I just looked at the stats. 13.3 million interactions since 2014. Wow. So, that's Busy crazy. place, national focused, uh, partner a lot with Google ads to get people that are searching for some scandalous things into conversations so that they know they're not alone. And and then you guys, you two guys know better than anybody. Uh, we created the Get School Tour in 2016 right. to go into the schools to talk about these messy subjects because schools, um, they just don't know how to handle it all. And yeah. so we've been talking about suicide prevention since then. And mm -hmm. then in the last couple of years with your partnership, talking about escapism and trying to make sure that kids realize that when you feel like you're distressed, when you're struggling with a pain point, don't try to escape from it. Get radically honest about it with someone that can help you. So yeah, that's the full skinny. Uh, 15 years later, here we are, Remedy Life. Absolutely. That's awesome. Did you have any inclination that it would turn into what it is today, what yeah. Remedy Live is now? I've always been an intentional leader. I don't, I don't like wasting my time. Um, but no, I had no idea it was going to be this big. And, and, and when I mean that, like impact that many people, right. um, it's funny. You walk the streets of Fort Wayne, people still don't really know what Remedy is. They think we're still an internet radio gig, but then you get into like further down the road, down in Indy and places where, you know, education, um, even now because of our work with 988, it's become a more common brand and people are yeah, aware absolutely. that we're, we're just a little bit approaching mental health from a different perspective. And yeah. my tagline is we're trying to, we're trying to be normal people normalizing this conversation. So, sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought it would have ever gotten to this size, but I'm grateful it did. Yeah. So talk about the 988. Yeah. It's well, important. <clears throat> so I guess it's been in the hopper for a decade, but <laughs> mm -hmm. The, the pandemic and stimulus packages made it possible to yeah. say, let's, let's go for it. So yeah, government moves slow. Government <laughs> does move slow and institutions can be pretty slow too. That's the thing. Absolutely. Back to my frustration is let's get going. Right. But <clears throat> they, uh, they threw some money at it during the stimulus packages to make sure that every state could become officially um, able to hire the right people, um, find centers that, we're into the business of suicide prevention, whether they're using telephonic phone support in crisis or whether they're doing what we're doing with text to chat. And um, we started getting pursued earlier in, uh, in 2022. Um, I was really skeptical. You know, we are a faith-based organization and I am going to be a faith-based dude until my final days. So I, I played it off that it was kind of a waste of time for our board to look at because I just assumed government money would require us to change mission. Mm -hmm. But um, I was wrong. You know, we, we were given and legal counsel helped us to come up with some creative ways to be able to serve the 988 mm -hmm. program um, and be paid in such a way that allows us to be able to scale up, do what we've already been doing for a lot of years, um, help the state in, in being able to produce content like we're um, we do all the time here at Remedy with our video team and whatnot, uh, and then take our, our text to chat intellectual property, the stuff that we've been doing for years and, and basically benefit Hoosiers, you know, statewide. Right. So 
We're not chatting yet because surprise, surprise, the stuff we're still not done by the state to get, <laughs> to get us out there and running, right. but, but we're in meetings six times a week and I spend most of myself, most of my time is on Microsoft Teams now. So I look at a camera most of the time and talk to people rather than face-to-face. Yeah. That's the new world that we're, we're moving into, which yeah. is part of the reason that 988 has become so important in Remedy as well, even yeah. separate and apart from the 988, that there's just been so much disconnect between human beings, right? Yeah. Human connection is the opposite of addiction. Yeah. Opposite a lot of things. So have you seen the number of people reaching out that need services, whether it's 988 for suicide prevention or mm-hmm. anything associated with that? I mean, go up as you've seen kind of technology become uh, playing a bigger role in human communication. It has, you know, it. <clears throat> I think that people would ask me during the pandemic, did we see a, like a, a uptick in chats? And I think we, we saw an uptick, but I think what surprised me is how before the pandemic, the people we were serving um, were folks that were already caught in some type of a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, whereas during the pandemic and now afterwards, it's just normal everyday folks that are really starting to come to terms with the fact that they're super isolated, they're super lonely, um, they're super hopeless, and they don't know who to talk to about it. And we provide a safe, discreet way to do that. And, you know, that's what 988 is all about is that um, rather than call 911 and have a police officer show up at your yeah. house, now we're trying to get creative on how a, a mobile crisis team can show up with people that are compassion-based. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the hard part to answer your question, Nate, is <clears throat> the numbers aren't going down. Right. You know, like – I get out of bed in the morning, just like you guys do. And it's discouraging when we see the things getting worse rather than getting better. And Mm -hmm. when we write grants or when we talk to funders and they say, well, you know, why did so-and-so, why why did that school lose a student last week to suicide or why are overdoses still so high? And I thought you were making a difference Mm. and we are Mm -hmm. one life at a time. But as you know, the problems are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and People don't want to be in pain, so they try to escape their pain, whether right. it's a suicide act or whether it's a drug. And sadly, our world is just continuing to decline in that, and so we need to be more and more aggressive than ever before. And who, who talks to these people when they when they you know message you guys? Who, who's yeah. the one kind of leading that conversation? Yeah, we we've been <clears throat> we've been really intentional to hire what we call people with redemptive baggage. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried. We've had hundreds of people work here, but I've had really bad success with the know-it-all Christian. Sure. (laughs) You know, they're generally judgmental. They're not good listeners. Uh, They've got a script that they want to go off of. And uh, it's just, it's not empathetic at all. And they want to hear themselves talk. Exactly. (laughs) Or they want to save somebody, you know. And let me tell you how I'm going to save you. (laughs) That's right. And and I'm not being foolish. I'm not hiring people that are straight out of recovery right into our chat. But I'm trying to look for people that I know are on the journey of healing from their own past. Mm -hmm. And they can be a real good blessing to someone who just needs to see that it's going to be okay if, if I get on the right road. So these are normal people. Um, We have some certifications that we pursue, um, especially in the suicide prevention world. We do a lot of training in-house because we're blessed with experts like you guys that we we know that we can bring in that can help our team understand best practices around some of these topics. Um, With 98, that's going to have to increase a little bit where we're going to get a little bit more intentional around certification too. But but I've uh, been very proud of the fact that we have a team of about 30 that work from their home. They use our software. 
They're normal people just trying to use the love of God uh, for free, extending mm-hmm. it to anybody who needs to come. Um, and we're not here in the business of judgment or causing people to feel like they need to change to become better for us. We want them to become better for their, their future selves. Right. And uh, as you guys know, we're big, big into that radical honesty, mm-hmm. meaningful conversation, barf it out. If it's, if it's hard to share, in fact, we hear it all the time. I've never shared this with anybody else. Good. Yeah. Get it out. Just yep. be honest, whatever it might be. Um, I'm really proud of the team. They're, they're really good people and we're always looking for more. That's great. Yeah. And so right now, <clears throat> while you're waiting on everything with 988 to, mm-hmm. you know, finalize with all that right now to talk to one of those people, one of your soul medics is what you call yep. them. Correct? Soul medic team. Four nine four nine four nine. Yeah, national number. Yep. National. Yeah, no text, cost, all free. You can just text four nine four nine four nine, and a, a real person yeah. will respond to you yeah. and start that conversation. Yeah, it's not it's not a, a chat GDP mm-hmm. AI coming out. You know, we are real people, um, and we use software to have those conversations. And it's twenty five hours a day. I like to say because yeah. uh, we we are very intentional. To make sure there's always someone available. Um, and, uh, again, that four, nine, four, nine, four, nine for anyone who's listening outside the U S we're, we're sorry, but we are only U S based cause we need a U.S. mobile phone number to, to connect the dots, but, um, it is a free service and it's available to anyone who's caught in what we call a secret struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, radical honesty is something you brought up and that is something that can be extremely therapeutic for somebody that has a, like you said, a secret struggle, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the book Dopamine Nation, which we talk a use lot about yeah. all the time. Uh, with I was the listening school to tour. it on my way here. Where yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The Get School <laughs> Tour, we use it actually. We've started to um, have treatment providers. We work with implemented some of their programming. Great. Um, you know, uh, one of the people we work with at Allendale Treatment, they actually have started to order they ordered the books and the workbook. So should, we're going to, we should just try to get on the ground floor with this, uh, this publisher. Well, yeah, we should. We've bought so many of those books. <laughs> we need to call Dr. Ann Lebke from <laughs> Stanford right. and yeah. tell her to invest. That's right. Um, yep. But she talks about in her book that radical honesty can actually light up the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. in the brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And where the critical thinking is done. That's it. Um, so when people <laughs> exercise radical honesty, they come to realizations because they say it out loud, something that's true that they may never have said out loud, or even if it's in a text message, but it can bring people forward and move that, move the needle of change. Essentially. Right. It's, it's really, as Solomon would say, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, right. God told us to confess and and the Bible says, confess your sins one to another. But honestly, anything that keeps me from my best future self is a sin because God wants me to live my life to the full. He created me to be that way. Um, but you're absolutely right, Nate. Like <clears throat> I wasn't smart enough when we created Remedy and and created this chat software to realize how the neurochemistry would shift when I read my own text that I was sending to a soul medic. Right. When you read your own story and you come to grips with your own despair or your own destruction or your own hopelessness, something powerful happens where you just realize I'm not alone anymore. Right. I, first of all, I know my struggle, but someone else does too. And it is a fascinating thing. I also tell people that when you say it, when you verbalize it, and we talk about this, the get school tour as well, that when you speak your secret struggle to a trusted adult, 
your words come back into your own ears and in your own mind to change mm-hmm. your mind right. about maybe this could help, maybe the next step. Mm-hmm. Because isolation and denial doesn't get us anywhere. It yeah. keeps us in a prison cell. So. And that kind of works the opposite way as well. If mm-hmm. I'm having some super irrational thought that I, I know probably isn't true, but I'm convinced that it is, yeah. and then I say it to Nate, and I just hearing it come out of my mouth, it's yeah. like, okay, that what the heck mm-hmm. is that? Yeah. So it, you know, it's kind of the opposite, but it's the same, same principle basically. Yeah. I mean, when you isolate, the only input you're getting is your own, mm-hmm. you know, and for a lot of us to struggle, they I'm say, the last person who needs to well, be giving myself advice. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, humans are relational by nature. That's why they say that human connection is the opposite of addiction. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. You know, they always say the most dangerous six inches between your ears. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which I mean, it, people are like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, Nate was just sayings, but it's true. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true though. I mean, it I say it because it's is. true and um, using this tool, 494949 or 988, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever you choose is helpful to get us out of that mindset, totally. you know, and get a perspective that we do have value. We do have worth, you know, yeah. Um, for me, recovery is obviously about human connection, but it's also about self-realization and then deciding to make change. And then also ultimately like self-acceptance and self-love, Yeah, totally. you know, and yeah. that's where radical honesty leads us. And I think it's, it's hard for everybody at different stages in their journey to do even me being five years sober, Tommy being what, four years sober well, now. You're about six and I'm about right. five. I, I, so. Yeah. Um, about six years. Tom flies. Yeah. yeah. I'm 30. He's 30. <laughs> Clinton's 35. Yes, that's right. 35. That's right. You know, I mean, it's everybody struggles. I think Mm -hmm. radical honesty is one of the hardest things for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, me included. It's, it's so easy, especially a lot of us that come from a background of the word deception was our first nature, you know, um, to continue to just do that and not tell that little white lie when you have the chance. It takes a lot of practice. It does. It It absolutely does. It takes intentionality. Like when I first got sober, you know, I, I could, I would have been sober for maybe six months and, mm-hmm. you know, my mom or my dad or somebody would ask me a question and still my immediate instinct was just to lie yeah. for no reason. It wasn't yeah. anything important. It wasn't anything that I needed to lie about, but I would just because that was my first instinct. I was just so used to doing that mm-hmm. and I'd have to catch myself. And there was multiple times where I was like, you know what? I just lied to you. I don't know why. I'm sorry. This is the truth. Wow. It, so it literally That's took powerful though, practice right there. Yeah. to do that. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this a lot lately that I, I don't want to enable people to be hedonistic, mm-hmm. but I do want to enable them to self-love. Like you said, what does it mean to be your own best friend rather than your own worst enemy to actually love yourself? Because uh, I'm, again, we're so in this crazy world we live in. So hedonistic. So like me, 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 self-pleasure, what does it mean to love self? The first word that came to my mind when you asked that question was acceptance and accepting me for who I am with all of my faults, because for a long time, not accepting who I was is what drove me to using drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, my low self-esteem, my social anxiety, thinking that the people in this room weren't going to like me and, you know, all those types of things. So, you know, at a young age, if I had been able to accept all of the things that I maybe didn't love about myself at the time or all the things that I was worried that other people were going to laugh at me for, um, you know, whether those were legitimate concerns or not, I think if I would have just been able to accept, you know, who I was and 
also accept all of the support that I did have, like mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm maybe I wouldn't have ran into all of the problems that I did. And yeah. after getting sober, it's the same thing. I, there's a lot of things that I did throughout my active addiction that I'm not proud of. Um, I carried a lot of guilt and shame for a long time. Um, but, you know, over the course of the last five years, I've really been able to grow and accept, you know, who I am as a person and be able to focus more on, you know, my goals today, how much different they are than my goals five, six, seven years ago and trying to, you know, use a lot of those negative experiences to be able to help other people. I think just accepting who I am is what mm-hmm. is, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I think for me, what helped me get to acceptance was number one, gratitude, you know, being grateful for the things that I have, Absolutely. things around me. Um, and gratitude is not complacency. Gratitude is simply more like serenity. Um, but I think the way that we stay grateful, but don't inflate our ego is, you know, you got to have gratitude and humility together. Mm -hmm. So when you have, when you're humble about it, you can still look at your faults, uh, but still see that you're trying to make progress. And that's where the gratitude comes in, you know? So, and that honestly, I think is what leads to acceptance, which is, I think a big key for people, but people take acceptance to mean that like, I'm not trying to change. I'm not trying to improve. It just means you accept things the way they are currently. Yeah. And you're not going to get all upset about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, for example, in my life, like I'm, I went down in 2020, I was 286 pounds. I got down to like 252 last year. I'm 260 right now. So I want to get back. I want really ultimately want to be about 245. Mm-hmm. So I accept that I'm currently 262. But that doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. Right. It doesn't mean I have to stay there forever. But I'm also grateful that I'm not 286. <laughs> so that's a really good point. I'm glad that you, you said know. that. Number one, anytime I tell Nate that I'm having a bad day, he's like, make a gratitude list. I, like, I make one every day. I, I used to do that consistently. I make it every day. day. I've made a gratitude list like first thing in the morning, and I've gotten away from that. But he reminds me to do it all the time. But Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. And, you know, just to piggyback off of that a little bit, like the first year that we got sober, Mm -hmm. you were doing like security and like bounty hunting and stuff. Um, I was selling women's shoes at Nordstrom, which, by the way, was the easiest job I've ever had in my life. But But that I just had a visual. I got to see that in my mind right now. But had we accepted, you know, accepted that was where we are. And like, that was going to like, we wouldn't be here today. Right. So it's not necessarily accepting, like fully accepting the situation that you're in, like you said, and being, you know, stuck there, not not working to improve your situation. Yeah. So yeah. What's what's the danger of being self-deprecating in that, in that whole vein? Like, because you want to stay humble, you want to stay focused on, on uh, being, being not as bad as you were, but you still have this tendency to put yourself down. And I'm not saying you do, but right. we have a lot of friends that would, would be, that would be their default is just well, to, to go back in the past. Because a lot of people are uncomfortable with themselves in the first place. And our self-talk is super important. Yeah. So when your self-talk is negative, that drives us honestly away from human connection because then we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And that's yeah. why I was saying, you know, gratitude, be grateful for what you have and don't necessarily look at what you don't have. Cause that's yeah, the opposite social gratitude, media is right? really helpful for that. Yeah. 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 So, right. I mean, it really comes like your self-talk is, is, is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, if you drive yourself into the ground, then that's when we start to reach for those things where we want to feel good. Right. That mm-hmm. the, the escapism, Yeah. you know, and I think for a lot of people, 
when they get out of that mode of escapism, um, it's, it's finding their purpose, something that drives them a way they can give back. Honestly. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's all about being your best, not what anybody else's best is Yeah, or, or what you think your best should be. I mean, and it's different for everybody, you know? So there's varying degrees of uh, positive self-talk, negative self-talk, but it's super important for it to be going in that right direction and not be just putting yourself down, putting yourself down. It's totally different to find things that you can work on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why. So like gratitude list, super important time about that. One of the one thing I do every day, too, that I've recently started doing again is my daily inventory. Mm. So I go through all the things that I did that day that weren't so good. Mm. But it's on the long list, of it is a long list. Day. I make a lot of mistakes. And that's the thing is people people look at uh, individuals like us and they say, oh, Clinton, you're in charge of a, of a huge nonprofit that's been around since what, 2008? Seven, yeah. 2007, yeah. right? Tommy's uh, five years sober coming up, you know, um, Nate's six years sober, whatever, you know, they got bare knuckle, but everybody has things that they can put on their inventory that they need to work on every single day. Sure. And then the way that I flip that and make it positive is I make <clears throat> a list for the next day of things I want to do. And I make my list intentional. So I take that inventory. Okay. What are things that I didn't do right today? And how am I going to make it different tomorrow? But how I start working on the list for tomorrow then is that I create steps to even it sounds really small and elementary, but you start taking that next step. So, okay, in order to get these things accomplished today, tomorrow, what do I need to do today? Hmm. Well, I need to do I need to do my gratitude list. I need to finish my inventory and I need to make my list. Okay, then what I need to do. Okay, I do my devotions. Hmm. Now what's next? Okay, I need to make sure I get to bed at a decent time so I can get up a decent time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem. It is. But you know how I've overcome that though is by making my my list and my inventory and my gratitude list. Like these tools that people beat to death that everybody's like it's so elementary and people roll their eyes and it just sounds like you know day one stuff. Like it's day one you because have to continue building that foundation. Right. You don't you don't just do that for the first year you don't. and then it just continues to build on its own. It's something you constantly have to put that work in. It's, it's a continuous process. And some people, and it's okay. Like I always tell people, some people need more lists and checks and balances than others. That's okay. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. All that matters is that you equip yourself and use your tools well enough that you're on that upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be times when you're going to kind of fall off and you're going to lull, but that's okay. That's just human nature, you know? Mm-hmm. So honestly, you know, for me, that gratitude list and then the inventory, I mean, that really helps me. And then I flip it to the list I have for the next day. And then just look at like that next thing, you know, they always talk about the next right thing, but that's so true. You know, you take care of one thing at, at a time and then they all build into bigger things and you get off track. It's okay. It's not the end <laughs> of the world, you know? Yeah. Every time that, something happens that you look at as a failure, everything on the inventory is honestly a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key right it there. Is. You, you look at it as a way to, to experience something new about yourself. Mm-hmm. We say on the get school tour a lot, you know, you're with yourself hundred percent of the time, right? So figure out a way to be able to make yourself better mm-hmm. as your, as your own best friend. That's back to that. You know, I'm just being challenged. I don't know why, but I just been reading a lot lately and it seems like it's popping up everywhere that, you, you know, the, the balance between self-improvement for the purposes of actually becoming a better me versus hedonism, it's such a fine line, right? Mm-hmm. And the world, back to social media, like you said, Tommy, is just screaming at us that, yeah. you know, I am better than you. And this is six reasons why. Yep. Ironically, though, um, you, and you guys know this, you sit down with people today and they don't like themselves at all. Right. You know, the whole love your neighbor as yourself, pretty hard to get to loving your neighbor if you right. can't even stand who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? So anyway, just 
thinking about that and thinking <clears throat> about what you guys do and how many people that you help are at war with themselves. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing with remedy, you know, with the get schooled tour, um, you know, remedy's focus originally was young people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just yeah. because there's so many young people that are getting messages from all over the place totally. and it's not, we were hoping, I think back then that the, the number of people that were giving input would go down, Yeah, <laughs> but it's gone the other way and it's just rapidly expanded yep. Yep. and it's like the universe, it's expanding and it's like infinite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, we don't know where the edge is and we're not sure if there is an edge That's, you're <laughs> you know? right. because everybody with a smartphone is now connected and can, and create, and can create a, a, and I, you know, a, um, a page or a video and, and, and tell you, you should do this or you should do that. Yeah. So, you know, trying to put out just a positive message for young people, mm -hmm. which is what remedy is all about. Yeah. Which is what bare knuckle is all about. Honestly, yeah. that, you know, we're not here to tell you what choices to make. We're here to give you options. We're here to explain the options to you mm -hmm. and say, you can do this or this. And here's what happens likely if you do this. And here's what happens if you do that. Totally. And we use real science to back it up. That's we right. talk about the brain chemistry, what happens when you engage in escapism, which essentially is just doing whatever you can to spike your dopamine levels way totally. up. So yeah. you feel good, right? <laughs> yep. So we want to offer people choices and we want to educate kids because kids are smart. Yeah. You know, they can tell when you're BSing them. Totally. And that's, I was going to say that the authenticity of, of, what we're about, what you guys are about, what we're about, what we all are about is, is making sure that we're being honest about the fact that, you know, these are, these are things that everyone's thinking about. Yeah. Like it, the neurochemistry side of there's nothing that's more exciting to this generation than understanding the science as to why they feel the way they feel and the way they think the way they think, mm -hmm. but who's talking about it. So right. it's important yep. that we are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always tell people too, and I always want young people to understand this, that, you know, you should be intentional about your consumption because you're going to consume no matter what. That's it. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. You have to consume to survive. You got to consume calories. You're going to consume information. You can yeah. sit in a room, in your room by yourself. You're still consuming information and processing it. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you're controlling it as something that's going to help be a positive force that's in right. your life. Totally. We live in the information age. There's yeah. a lot of information out there, but for all the bad, there's also good. Yeah. So if you focus on the good, then that's what you're constantly bringing in. Then that's what's going to come out. That's right. And that's the choice we try to give kids, right? That's right. I mean, at least yeah. educate them on the fact they have a choice and then yeah. try to influence that choice in a positive way. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I just to toot you guys and your horns. I, I, I admire both of you so much. Um, your role models, you're inspirational. You know, um, I'm thankful to know you both and the way that you've allowed your junk, the things that you guys have done, the things you guys have gone through to be like, this is it. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm butt naked. This right. is the way things were. Yeah. Um, and it's a vulnerable place, but there's so much power in that vulnerability. And that's what kids, that's what people are leaning into. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about things we're going to start doing together with adults too. Absolutely. Because, yeah. You know, you walk into a room of a bunch of people in the workplace, they're still all 13. Oh, yeah. They're right. still dealing with the same insecurities yeah, yeah, absolutely. and faking it. Imposter syndrome yeah. is the thing I, I see a lot in our data from the wired experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, but I'm just really blessed to know both you guys. Yeah. Well, likewise. You as well. Yeah. So I'm going to call this part one of our conversation with Clinton because we're <laughs> going to have to continue this conversation one of these Absolutely. days. I know you've got another meeting that you need to get to. Yes. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. So 494949. That's the number. That number. Is there a website? If yeah. If you go to, to remedylive.com. Remedylive.com. Check us out on YouTube. There's yep. 
literally was looking at the inventory today. There's millions of videos there. Your stories are on there. Check um, out videos of the Get School Tour. Yep. It's one of our favorite things to do. Yep, also, absolutely. Yeah, Google Clinton Foppel and you can see all the different hairstyles over <laughs> yes. the years, which are really <laughs> impressive. It Definitely is impressive. That. Especially for me because I don't have any hair. It all left me. I so. had someone introduce me at something I spoke at recently, introduced me that they've known me through seven hairstyles. I, yeah, <laughs> and they're all great. They're all very impressive. Well thought out. Oh, my. Uh, that's yeah. good. I love it. Yep. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's good to walk over from my office to this room. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> See ya. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening.